Good morning, Love listeners. Good morning, listeners. You've reached the voices of the Cannabis Wars news right from the front lines, where we are determined to tell you what is going on with what in the front lines of prohibition, where everything is just so crazy. There's people in jail. There's people going to court. There's people facing losing all their stuff. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, on the last show. Um, we let everybody know that basically Mindy could not be part of the show anymore due to where she lives at. There's absolutely no internet reception. So is what I did is I decided that I wasn't going to be able to do the show without Mindy. But then I decided, well, maybe I can't do the show every week without Mindy, but maybe I can pull it off once a month at least so we can still get our voices heard and still get the news out there and still get every, all of our regular guests still being able to be heard. So is what I did is I decided let's do this every single month on the first Sunday of every month. So that's what I am doing. I am here the first Sunday of every month to be able to to get the news out to you guys. Um, we've got really good show planned because my co-host, well, she's going to be my co-host today. Her name is Stephanie Landis. She hasn't quite called in yet. I am I am waiting for her. Stephanie, where are you? <laughs> we can't wait to hear your beautiful voice. But she's going to be hosting the show today. Um, and she is the founder of Freedom Grow. And the reason why she is the founder of Freedom Grow is because she went to prison for our plant. And she doesn't believe that anybody should be suffering there. So through her nonprofit, 501c3 organization, she raises a lot of commissary money to help our prisoners who are locked away and forced to work for less than 12 cents an hour. So Stephanie is like an angel to them. Um, and then, and then after, after we get Stephanie on, which hopefully she'll be calling in just a second, we're going to uh, talk to Lauren Cecil. Lauren Cecil is like a princess. Her, cause her, cause her dad is like a King. He is in prison right now working on his 15th year of his life sentence for cannabis. I mean, can you imagine 15 years in prison for cannabis and you didn't even get caught with any, actually, at none at all, but you're serving life and you've been in there for 15 years? And since Craig has been in there, he has lost so much, um, even, even his son. And it's a tragedy that he has to be taken from his children in order to serve this ridiculous sentence. Well, his daughter, she's like Princess Lauren because she puts on her – her activist stuff and she goes to DC and okay. So there's a video on my Facebook wall. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out where she's holding signs amongst other people holding signs for their family members. And it's just really, really, really um, cool to watch her advocate for her dad. So we're going to talk about her. We have some really bad news. Craig. The chance at this point was, Clemency. So we're going to talk to Lauren about that. And then after we talk to Lauren, we've got Craig calling in. Um, and we're going to talk to him live right from He's going to tell us his that what he's been doing the show this month. We're going to find out what's been going on with him in his life. And then after that, we're going to talk to George Monterano, who spent 33 years of his life sentence in prison for cannabis. Can you imagine 33 years in prison? 
Um, so he's free, and he joins us every single show for Georgie's Corner. So we're going to talk to him about what's going on, been going on in his life over the last month. And then we're going to talk to Amber Taylor. Okay, Amber Taylor's dad is serving life in prison for a joint. And Amber, she's like a princess, too. <laughs> she fights for her dad like crazy. And Amber is going to come on and tell us what's been going on with her dad. Um, his, her dad has a brain tumor. He's very, very, very sick. They do not take care of her dad in prison. And she's also going to educate us about the drug war with her regular segment called Drug War 101 with Amber Taylor. So we're going to find out a lot more about what's been going on with her. Uh, about 10 o'clock, we're going to hear from her. And about 10.15, we're going to hear from, oh, my gosh, you guys, listen. We're going to hear from Anna Diaz. Anna Diaz is elite, one of the leaders for Parents for Pot. Um, she does a holiday fundraiser. Um, the Parents for Pot, do they do a, a holiday fundraiser try to raise money for all the kids whose parents are in prison for the plant or who's mixed up in this war. Um, they just help so many children out there. And we're going to talk about the fundraiser and how you can help um, donate and what you can do there. Um, about 10:15, we're going to talk to her. And then after that, we're going to talk to Dolores Montgomery Hablin with Sue the GOJ. Okay, she's got a letter writing campaign that she wants to tell us about. And um, Dolores is extra, she's like a princess too. Actually, she's like a queen because her husband died in prison for a plant. Or not in prison, but he went to prison and got out, and a couple of days later he passed away on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. So we're going to talk to her about how you can help in, in Prohibition. And then we might get a surprise phone call from Amy Pova from CanDo. She has had a busy, 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 busy weekend. And we do not know if she's going to be able to um, call in or not because of her weekend. Um, so I just got, so we'll see if we talk to her or not. And then after her, we're going to talk to Jeff Eichen, uh, who is producing the documentary called Lifers, and he's going to give us an update. And then we're going to talk to Tom Corby, who is a superhero human solution chapter coordinator for the Human Solution um, Northern California chapter, and he's going to give us all the news regarding. Uh, the news of prohibition. Uh, but first, I want to introduce everybody to one of the other voices of the cannabis war, Tony. Hi, Tony. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for calling in. Uh, she is sitting next to me. Um, she's helping me host while we still wait for Stephanie Landa. We're going to go to our very first caller. Um, and also, you guys, we've got more news coming up. We're going to hear from Mindy, the former host of the show, and she's going to tell us um, what's been going on and her thoughts about these recently denied clemencies. Um, but first, let me introduce everybody to Lauren Cecil. Hi. Good morning, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, <laughs> well, I've I've been a little sad. I've been thinking about your dad a lot lately. Um, yeah. And I've been thinking, I've been thinking about you guys. I can't even believe that that happened. I like am still just in shock. So like, it seems to me like like you went to D.C. and you did all these fight, all this fighting for the clemency, and then you came back to hear that your own dad wasn't even granted the clemency that you were fighting for. Yeah, I um, you know, like with all these people and all, you know, all these other girls that, you know, it's insane that their parents are in the same situation. You know, I I really thought that I was alone in it for majority of the time that he was away and you know we all were rallying together and 
all this positive energy and, you know, it's just like, man, this could like really happen. Like I never had that like hope before. And then just to like come home. Yeah. And you know, it's just like a punch to the stomach. It's just like, wow. Like that just happened, you know? I really truly feel your pain. I, I deep, I feel it so deep. And I know it feels like, it feels like, a. I mean, we've been fighting for your dad. Our group, not just our group, but Marijuana Lifers Project, Can Do, uh, POW 420, The Human Solution. Like, he's, your dad has rallied the groups from all over the nation. It's done so much to try to get your dad this clemency. Um, so I know that you, you know, we're all feeling the hit for this. And We've all done a lot of work to free him, but I don't think it's unwasted work. I really don't, and I no. think your time in D.C. is going to make a difference, if not for your dad, for one of those other prisoners that are going to be free. And as far as your dad's concerned, I really think we're going to free him. And it may not be through clemency, but we are going to bring your dad home to you. I have I have that locked in my heart. Yeah, and Tony loves you guys. No, Tony said next to me, she has she has gathered hundreds of signatures for your dad on letters through many events up here in the northwest. So it's from our heart. Like we know he's free. He's gonna be free. Yeah. I know and we're he's not such an amazing stop. we're not gonna stop until he and all of our plant prisoners are free. Cannabis isn't legal until everyone's free and their homes with with their families where they belong. And I'm so sorry. So so sorry. Oh, yeah. So Lauren, how are you how are you handling all this? Um, you know, I it's just one of those things like you know, I like I feel like I just keep having like bad stuff happen, <laughs> you know. And it's just right. like another hit. You know, and it's just like all I can do is just try. Of course, I'm upset. Like, it's all I can think about. And, you know, and then I try to, like, show him, like, I'm strong, even though I'm not, you know, and because I don't want him to get down. And, you know, if it wasn't for all of you, I mean, he used to have this mindset. I mean, there was a time he said that he wanted to, you know, um, try to get the, like, you know, injection. Because if he has a life sentence, why is he just going to sit there and waste away? And he wanted to, like, he wanted to die. And he used to tell me this. And it wasn't until you guys were a part of his life and gave him hope. I mean, it's the greatest thing that's happened to both of us. (laughs) Lauren, you know, you know, my dad, he died in prison for cannabis. Yeah. They tortured him to death, and I had—I I feel your pain when you—you you say that you have to be strong for him. You—you you are the wind beneath his wings. I promise. You're just a little sweet daughter, but you keep him every day. It's not us; it is you. And I am really, really, really—I look up to how long you've been doing it. I only did it for a few months. My dad died four months into his incarceration, neglected to death. But you've been doing this for uh-huh. fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, I thought I didn't think he was going to make it through the whole diabetes thing where they were, you know, not giving him his medication and he was really sick and then I couldn't hear from him. And oh, God, that's torture. I feel I know how that feels. And they just dip off into medical and you never talk to him until 
you have to call up there and harass them to tell you anything. Yeah, it was awful. Um, you know, I'm so sorry about your dad. It, you know, it's, of course, like, everyone whose parents in prison, that's, you know, the fear. And if it's not medical, then it's other people in there. Or, you know, I mean, it's not like they're getting nutrients with their food either. So, you know, it's just, it's scary. Well, I've got, I want to um, know a little bit more about your trip to D.C. and how it had an effect on you and others. But first, we've got our amazing co-host, Stephanie Landa, who is just joined us. So I'm going to bring her on. She was hosting the show with us today, but she made it in a couple minutes late. So I'm going to bring her on. Um, I've introduced her to everybody, so everybody already knows who the superwoman is. Um, I, I'm unmuting our mic right now. Um, good Hi. morning, love, 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 loved one. Good morning. How are you? I am so sorry. <laughs> But it's I'm okay. Here. We're we're talking to Lauren Cecil right now, and Stephanie. Oh she was, yeah, she was telling us a little bit about her feelings towards her dad being denied and all that. So, good morning, Stephanie. This is Lauren. Lauren, this is Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Lauren. Oh, I've heard so much about you. Amy just thinks that you're just like, oh, you are so wonderful. And I feel oh. for your dad, like, I feel so bad. I have this money order right here. I'm sending it to everyone that got denied. Oh, um, good. So, Lauren, um, Stephanie, she has a group called Freedom Grow, and she raises commissary money, and she's, she's helped your dad out a lot with commissary. So this is who so Stephanie thank is. Thank you so much. He won't let me send him money for years. Like, the whole time he's been in there, he refuses to let me send him money. So thank you for one, you know, raising that, and two, letting, you know, forcing him to take it. <laughs> Aww, that's Aww, so sweet. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, so Lauren, what? Tell us about DC. Tell us about your purpose there. What you were up to, and um, what how it affected how you think it's going to affect people. So uh, the first day that we got there, um, we all stayed in the same hotel, and we all, you know, went together at the same time, and we had a candlelight vigil outside of the White House, and Van Jones spoke, and, you know, it was awesome because there were so many press people there. Like, I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I did not expect this, and we all held signs and told our stories, and met everyone and it was very heartwarming and very um eye-opening and uh i hope talking? you know that okay. are you talking about joseph fernandez who was talking um van jones oh okay okay and keep going sorry yeah and, and he spoke too and you know everybody did you know and um you know the ones that i think that have been around the internet and that it wasn't showing kind of like how much was really going on there. And um, and it was just very um, heartwarming. And, you know, everybody stood around and we chanted and, you know, told each other how much we understand the other one. And um, and then the next day in the morning, we went down to the Department of Justice and stood outside and, um Jonathan Perry, who's with Change.org, put together 
um, on a flash drive all the signatures for people that through like our petitions that we had um, for our family members and delivered it to the DOJ. And we stood out there and again, more prized than, you know, we each had our own sign about our parent and, you know, and then we could show each other like, oh, this is, you know, my dad and this is, you know, my son. And, you know, and it was just like, it was like as if we were meeting the other prisoner too, you know, to see the face. And um, it was, it was very, uh, it was hard. And, uh, and then we had um, at Google later that night and we had a panel where we talked and, you know, it was, heads of different departments first and then it was the you know us kids of you know the war and you know everybody was crying it was I mean I ended up leaving I left and I went back to the hotel I just was hard I you know I, I was sick and I just I had to leave like it's just it's so much you know, it just brings all these emotions, you know, you're home by yourself and, you know, you see stuff on the internet and then, and then you're in it with all these other people. And it's just, it's crazy. I, I can't even explain it. So, um, I mean. Lauren, my dad's ashes are sprinkled in front of the White House. So I know you guys are all being guarded by, by the best out there. Um, I saw, I saw a video that they made and you were standing in the crowd um, you're with, uh, you, so you spent the whole weekend with, or you spent the whole time in D.C. with other family members of loved ones yeah. that were unjustly incarcerated. So that's, yeah. wow. Can you imagine, Stephanie, how that must, how that I would kill her? I can't even imagine, yeah, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. And I was there when your ashes, your dad's ashes got sprinkled. Yes, I remember. <laughs> that was in uh, California. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh. right. They're everywhere. So you guys, I want to bring um, I want to bring Mindy on just real quick to say hi to you, Lauren. Uh, she loves you, and she loves your dad a lot. She's done a lot of advocating for your dad as well. I just want to grab her thoughts about this whole situation and see if we. She has really bad reception, but she's a, the former co-host of the show. Um, but she ha- doesn't have internet, so she's calling in. Mindy, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? How are you doing? Yeah, Tony says hi. How are you feeling about this? Is there anything you want to say to Lauren? Hi, Mindy. Uh, good morning, Steph. Good morning, Lauren. I, um, you know, honestly, my heart's just pounding um, over here listening. First of all, I'm just really grateful that the show is going on and have the opportunity to hear Lauren's story. And um, I, I'm, I'm personally just crushed for these. Um, people who found out uh, Craig and Farrell Scott um, specifically are the two that um, have got to me. So, yeah, I I can't imagine what it would be like if it was my family member if I feel this way as as just somebody out here. Well, my oh. kid is in jail right now, and I feel like this all the time. Yeah, so for our listeners. letters from our prisoners, and it's just so heavy. It's like, oh, my God, they're thanking me. I should be thanking everyone in there for doing the time that we don't have to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, 
um, you guys, we're going to talk to Mindy in a couple minutes. I just wanted to bring her on to, to say hi to Lauren real quick. Mindy has a little bit more news about Farrell Scott, and he was also denied his clemency, and Mindy's going to tell us a little story about Farrell in a, in a few minutes. But, Mindy, thanks for coming on. I'll talk to you in a second. Love you. You too. And, Lauren, please tell you, send your my love to your dad and, and, and to you, and, and I hope you're healing from your surgeries, and, and he talks about you all the time. Thank you, and it was nice to, you know, meet you over the phone, and I can't wait to meet all of you in person. I just can't wait. I, <laughs> I can't wait either. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Lauren, um, what do you think, you know, your dad, okay, so we got, I got a message from uh, Sherry Sicard, and your dad, in fact, I would just want to say your dad's going to be calling in in the next five to ten minutes, so if you're put on hold, our, our interview will just kind of end and your dad will begin because he's got the 15 minutes there. But we, I got a message okay. from Sari Sicard, and your dad had sent her an email telling her that he wants everybody to write a letter to the White House regarding, um, regarding the, the denial of the clemency. Have you heard that, and what do you think about that? Yeah, I just actually, right before I called in, I got uh, Sherry's message. Yeah, I mean, like I always say, like whatever – there is to do to help, like, let's do it, you know, 10 times that, you know, just overload them with, you know, reasons why this is, this is awful, you know, he wasn't even <laughs> touching it, you know, and then he gets denied, and, you know, and I think the worst part is, is that I think that they should find out first, because, you know, my dad calls me, and he goes, yeah, I guess I was denied, you know, I didn't hear, and everybody's telling me, I was denied, you know, like you can hear it in his voice, like, you know, and it's not like you can just call him and like warn him, you know, he just gets like, you know, messaging people, which is amazing, but he had to find out that way. And I mean, like even when I got called about my dad or about my brother, you know, it's just like, you know, I had to email him, please call me. And then I didn't want to tell him, like, I wish I didn't have to tell him that. Because he's stuck there. There's nothing he can do. And then he has all the time, 15 years worth of just thinking and thinking and thinking. And I don't know how he hasn't lost hope because sometimes I feel like I do. But, you know, the way that he had to find out, it just, my, I feel heartbroken. Um, that's kind of the way Mindy had to tell, Mindy said the same thing to her, to Farrell Scott. And, um, we're going to have Mindy tell her story, too, but that's how Farrell Scott found out in a similar way that your dad found out as other people sent him messages. Um, and as far as telling your dad that's about your I brother, I had to do the same. Oh, you too? Yeah. Yeah, I found out the Ninth Circuit de- denied me from someone else outside, not myself. Like, they didn't tell wow. me first. Wow. Yeah. It's just, I don't know how, you know, our legal system is just so messed up. I just don't understand it. And then, I don't know if you know all the stuff going on with my dad and, like, his legal paperwork and how they changed his sentence. You know, that's probably what the reasoning was. And the fact on top of everybody's like, why was your dad denied? And I'm like, I have no idea. They don't even give a reason. They're just like, no, sorry. Okay, go on and, you know, deal with this on your own. You know, it's just like... Why? What can we do to fight that now? You know, it's just like, no. 
you know, like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, okay, your parents are like, no, you're like, well, why, why can't I go do this? Why can't I go do that? And it's just, no. And it, and it's so upsetting. You know, you just, I just need to know why so I can not do this or, and you it's know. the same reason your parents, they say, oh, because we're the parents. And the government exactly. says, oh, because we're the government. Exactly. Exactly. And that's just, you know, we're the, the free country, but it's not. You know, my dad's not free. We're not free because we don't know why he can't come out. And we're not free right. because we're sitting here, you know, shackled to them, too, because we love them and we want to help them. And we can't go past it or live a normal life because all we want to do is help them. Mm-hmm. Oh my well, we're gonna talk to Craig in a second. He has a he has a plan. Um, he's I'm, I'm gonna get out of him what we could do, what he wants our letters to say, you know. And hopefully, everybody listening to the show will pick up a pen and a paper, write the letter to the White House as Craig has requested. So we're gonna find out more about how we can continue to help him and about them changing his sentencing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he has been updating us on the show. Every time he calls in, he lets us know his legal situation and what they're doing to him. And I agree with you, it is is crazy, absolutely ridiculous. It, and it breaks my heart that they, that they still continue to keep him basically from you. And that's what it boils down to. I just, that's just so inhumane. I just don't understand how people could be like that to another person. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I got a message from your dad today um, that said that he was feeling feeling numb over the feelings of not being of being denied. He just wasn't feeling right about it. I would say that's probably exactly how I feel. I felt oh. like I just stared at the wall for like an hour after I found out. I just couldn't even move. Well, so, yeah, so, um, Lauren, Stephanie's son is in, Stephanie went to prison for cannabis, and now her son has been in prison, in prison for cannabis now for, for a few months. So we've been following Stephanie's story, visiting with him. the has been for 10 months, or 10 months, 10 and a half oh, gosh, months, and he has nine and a half left. I'm so sorry. I mean, it, yeah, the thing is that, I mean, I'm upset about it, and of course, because I'm the mom. But it is not like the worst thing in the world for him because he's getting out. He has a date. Yeah. You know, when you have a date, it's different than when you don't, than when there's nothing. You have life. You are like, you can't think of when you're getting out. It's just, yeah. I just can't even put, I can't even put my thought. I did the five years, but I can't put my thoughts into not having a date. I just... It's really hard to comprehend, and I feel like the bottom line to everything is pot prejudice. Like, yeah. nothing else is this way. No. Right? <laughs> and I don't know how to get beyond that. You know, it's like racism for pot. Yeah, I mean, and even when I was in D.C. and they're like, you know, whatever. I'm like, what about the old white men like, with pot? Like, you know? <laughs> I know. What they ever? What did pot ever do? It's all, and it's all just propaganda in the first place. You know, it's never right. killed anyone. It's not right. dangerous to your health. Like, 
alcohol that's legal, you know. Yeah, like they're treating John like he's a murderer. Yeah. Like he's a murderer or not even a rapist, don't even get like tied like that. But like they're treating your dad but like even he's if he raped did... people and then murdered them all. Even oh, murder, yeah. you get seven years. It, I was just going to say, even if he murdered someone, he would be out right. by now. You just can't touch pot. I mean, coke is out, meth is out. Everybody's getting out except pot. And I'm just... I've noticed that, I too. Feel, I feel that it's part of the government is afraid that a lot of money is going to change hands. And a lot of yeah. people are going to come into power that don't like what's going on. And the government wants everything to stay the way it is. Like, they like getting tax, you know, because they have no money. The government doesn't have money unless we give it to them. Where are they going to get it from? They don't have a business. So we make <laughs> this continue on and continue on and continue on. It's yeah, just, and they do they it on... To- war you know but but now it's war on drugs you know and it's just right that's how they're going to make their money and that's a war on people our exactly yeah i know you guys you know the recent tonight clemencies um that we know of recently was linda byron um who is a woman i believe she's serving life crystal munez i don't know how long she's serving but it's a long time aaron sandusky was denied he went to trial down in California. I think you know him, uh, Stephanie. Very Antonio well. Bascaro. Yeah, Antonio. He he. All yeah, Antonio Bascaro was denied. Like, yeah, oh. Farrell Scott was denied. Maurice Foley, I think, was serving life. Farrell serving life. Craig serving life. Michael Knight, I think, is serving life. And I know Andy Cox is serving life. And they've all been denied. Plant prisoners. Well, one of serving the life. guards. Most in- of them. One of the guards in the prison that my kid is at told me that it's easy to lock up pot people. They don't do anything. It's so easy to take care of them. It's like they're no threat to anyone. So, and prisons make money. You know, beware of prison complex. So, it's easier to lock us up. We're not any problem. I mean, I don't know if we should become a problem, but... It's but even easy. still, like, I, you get in the prison, and then it's Craig not like... Calling. Craig is calling right okay. now. Hold on. Keep okay. talking while I answer. Hold on. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, um, <laughs> really? <laughs> God, I'm just, well, like, like, in silence you have, waiting like, for him. Yeah, right. It's not like you have withdrawals with a pot either. You know, you take someone in with meth, you know, and then they're withdrawing as soon as they get there. You know, it's like, okay, lock them right up. Yeah, I don't, I really don't, uh, for me, all drugs should be legal. I don't really care, you know, I don't care about the government being in that, you know, realm, Hello? like, okay. drugs should be legal. Hi, okay. Craig, you guys. Oh. Oh, hey, Craig, so, we've been, t- are you there, Craig? Yes, happy Sunday, I'm glad to be back. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Craig. <laughs> Hi, that's really great. Hi, Craig. Hello, hello. We got hi, Dad. Oh, oh, hi, champ. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of. Really got a crew. We've been talking to your daughter about her thoughts regarding the denial. Um, we we want to know your thoughts, what you've been doing all month, 
how are you, everything. We like we really we really love you a lot. A lot. And we're sorry you were denied. I love you a lot. Yes, uh, thank you. And uh I mean of course it it hit hard. I I was so hopeful for that and like I say, even people here at the institution, the uh, head of departments and all that would stop me in the corridor and, and ask me why I hadn't been commuted yet, why the president didn't pick me up yet, you know. So, I mean, I, I was so encouraged by all that. But unfortunately, uh, um, the Department of Justice struck. That's what I really believe happened. And uh, on two fronts, um, on one front, as you know, every time a list comes out of, you know, a group of people that have had their sentences commuted, I research all the cases. I, I look into what the person, you know, what their offense was about, you know, how their sentencing worked and all that. And virtually every single offender, um, although, you know, the vast majority of them are crack offenders, but even amongst them, the uh, vast, virtually every single case that had been commuted the person had at least one or two prior convictions, usually two priors or more. And in that situation, uh, the logic that the uh, uh, the Office of the Pardon Attorney was using to send recommendations through the Attorney General to the President, uh, recommendations for these people to be commuted, was on the grounds that, um, that the law under either the uh, three strikes laws, which gave a lot of people life sentences, or under what they call the career offender guideline, which is a, a big sentence guideline enhancement to those who have two or more prior convictions. Uh, that in light of these enhancements, that these people got sentences that were disproportionate or, or much bigger than what their crime was. So therefore, they could you know, send it to the president saying that these people got sentences that don't fit their crimes because of a, you know, the, uh, in the, a way in which the law is structured uh, and that, that the problem is, is that the law needs to be reformed and that's why the president needs to fix these sentences. There was virtually no uh, people in my situation who got the same sentence and that same life sentence Let's call it from a federal prison. is just as inappropriate to the offense but they can't, in my case, say that there was something, that there was some problem with the law that forced the prosecutor and the judge to give me a sentence that was, you know, much greater, you know, punishment than the offense warrants. So throughout all the, what are we up to, 1,023, I believe, commutations, and uh, throughout all of these, virtually all of them um, have two or more prior convictions. I know of one case where both people were sentenced to life imprisonment on the exact same case, the exact same uh, conduct. One had two prior convictions, one had none. The one with two prior convictions was commuted. The one with none was not. Wow. So this has been, you know, a problem because, and the, the reason that that problem comes down with is if you look at who processes the uh commutation applications. They're processed by the pardon attorney who's part of the Justice Department. The pardon attorney himself is the U.S. attorney, the prosecutor from Pennsylvania. And then there's seven, you know, lawyers in that office that are all 
former, you know, assistant U.S. attorneys, assistant prosecutors, and they're located right in the Justice Department building. I mean, these are prosecutors, and a prosecutor is, you know, not going to want to send it to president saying that the reason that Cecil or so many other people got sentences that are greater than what their crime warrants is because of an overzealous judge or an overzealous prosecutor. They just turn them down, as they did to me. Wow. But you, and you also oh. know what the prosec- prosecutor did, you know, two or three months ago in my case, which I think I was expecting this. <laughs> well, I, we just, but, I, I got a, a message from Mindy, and she wanted me to tell you that she's very sad to hear about your denial. Um, I also got a message from Sherry Sicard talking about um, letters that you want people to write to the White House. Um, can you tell us more about what we can do to help with those letters and how what 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 they should say in them? Um, the really the the letter that I I really want sent to the White House is, as I just explained to you, why people with no prior convictions in, in my situation, that although our sentences are still, you know, much greater than our offenses, they're disproportionate to our crime. That you know, as that we get consideration. Um, you know, possibly by the White House counsel or something along those lines, but that we get consideration from the president, but outside of the prosecutor, outside of the U.S. Attorney's Office and the pardon attorney, that we get considered for clemency because my life sentence is just a disproportionate to a marijuana crime. As a guy that has two prior convictions, life sentence for marijuana is disproportionate to the crime. So I'd okay. ask that, you know, people send to the White House and ask that, First offenders like me that, you know, can't seem to get a a green light from the pardon attorney's office that we get considered by the president for clemency, you know, the same as other people with life sentences. Okay. Um, Next question. We have so much to talk to you about in 15 minutes. (laughs) Um, Our president that we got right now who did did all this for over 1,000 people is leaving. We got our new president. uh, we can go into that all day long, but what do you think our new president is going to have an effect on your freedom, possibly, or do you think that he's going to be a negative or a positive um, when it comes to your freedom in the future? Well, where, where I'm um, happy about the Trump administration, I guess, is that if you look in the history, especially the, the last 20 years or so of history by the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court decisions that have tried to bring fairness back into federal sentencing and in federal convictions, those uh, decisions have all been letter written by conservative justices. Some of the biggest ones were written by Justice Scalia, who died last year, who was at the time the most conservative judge on the Supreme Court. So what I am happy about is uh, most likely Donald Trump will, will appoint, and hopefully the Republican Senate will confirm conservative justices, so at least the Supreme Court may lean a bit more in our favor than uh, a liberal Supreme Court does. A liberal Supreme Court tends to lean in favor of, uh, you know, in favor of government actions, you know, instead of criminal actions. Now, as far as uh, sentencing reform, I think we've we've all heard of the kind of link up between uh, Newt Gingrich and Van Jones. And kind of my take on that is, is those two seem to be talking about, you know, 
championing some criminal justice reform stuff in the next year's Congress. And I'm hoping that is a strategy by the Trump administration. And my own personal thinking on that is uh, it may be that the Trump administration is trying to make inroads with the inner city, especially the inner city blacks, who would be probably the most happy if there is criminal justice reform. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, that that is behind that strategy. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, well, I've got another question. Um, so how have you been all month, and what um, what have you been feeling? How, what's the prison been like? Oh, first, before you answer that, I just want to tell you, Tony is here with me. She's one of our Voices of the Cannabis War members up here in the Washington area, and she has helped gather hundreds of letters signed for you to convince them to grant you the clemency. And she feels your pain, and um, you want to say hi to Craig? Hi, Craig, and... We, we're going to keep working to try to get you out, and we're not going to stop until you're free. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, how, so, Craig, that goes ditto for me. This is Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. I mean, I'm hoping because there's, there's becoming <coughs> more and more public awareness. So, Pardon? I said, I'm sending a check. You're hoping I'm sending a check to you. Oh, yeah, Craig, she's sending checks to everybody who died. Yeah, from Thank Freedom Grow. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. As you know, and uh, you know from firsthand experience how handy that is. <laughs> oh, no, I do know. And your daughter, you don't let her send you any money. I'm going to try to keep you on the list every time. Thank you, thank you. So, Craig, you know that, oh, go ahead. Bye, sorry. No, I'm just mentioning to Stephanie that, that you know that is so important in prison. I mean, just the getting your hair cut and your teeth brushed and you know a phone call mm-hmm. is just everywhere you turn it costs money. <laughs> yeah, I know. My son's in prison now, and it costs him money all the time everywhere he turns. So. But he doesn't have a sentence like you do. Thank God I'd be hysterical crying right now. Well, hopefully, um, as you know, I have a fight going on in court. Um, and I'm right. going to, you know, do my best to stay on that. And and I really appreciate all the help I'm getting out there, even um, Sherry consulting with a, a lawyer for me to get me help and, uh, you helping to send me postage money is, I mean, just every yeah, little bit all comes together and makes such a big difference. <laughs> so how, how have you been we in there? We feel you. Pardon? What's, what's the weather been like in there, and how have you been feeling, and what, what's going on back there? Well, uh, as of the last couple of days, winter is starting to, starting to rare its, <laughs> its ugly head here in uh, southern Indiana. <laughs> Today it's in the 30s and kind of rainy outside. North of here it's snowing, so I think it's snowing oh. by champ. So, okay. But uh, yeah, the, in the first institution snow today. it's funny. I, I figured that. In the institution, we've been living without forks for several months now, <laughs> which is oh my god, you difficult. Just the things. <laughs> they they. Ran out of forks, they, they and for some reason they haven't replaced them. So what we get instead is these little 
with calls from a federal prison. What I like them too is they're a spork actually, a, a fork that's got, or a spoon actually that's got like two little prongs on the end, and it re, they're only about I don't know about three inches long these little tiny things, and they remind me of actually what you get in a a KFC meal to eat your mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're glass. Well, we have to cut our meat to, to do everything. <laughs> so it's the. I don't so know, maybe the girl. Pardon? So you might as well just eat with your hands? Well, sometimes you kind of have to. You can't cut up meat or all that. <laughs> so it's really right. kind of horrible. But the, our federal government, especially the BOP, is so an update, they can't even provide us with a fork. <laughs> wow. That is, a, that, is, that is a shame. Come on, government. They can with a fork. Like, they're not people and you don't deserve utensils. No, they, they do not think they're, they're people. They're prisoners. Grading. Yeah, it's like degrading that they people. were forced to do that. That is yeah. true. That Every, is true. That the outlook of too many of the uh, Bureau of Prison staffers, especially the upper echelon of it. Yeah. Especially them. But but I have my little three-inch fork to eat with every meal. <laughs> it's really kind of, it, 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 as you say, it's emblematic of uh, what they think of us. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we, we get no, treated, you know, a little, little better than a pet sometimes. Yeah, if you don't buy a toothbrush, you have a three-inch toothbrush. So. You're right. Yeah, you get a about a two-inch long toothbrush. Well, the right. phone is going to hang up in uh, in 30 seconds, so oh. I just want to thank everybody for the support. That's made a big difference to me. As, as you know, I've had a really hard week, and uh, thank you because I, I've felt all that support, and uh, you know, here and in emails and, and from everybody, and especially I know everybody has, has fought as hard as I have for this, so I have... Oh, there goes Craig. Um, Craig, that was our hero on the other side of the of the um, prison wall on the on the prison side walls. Um, as as the, our next guest, George Monterano, calls it the third or the fourth world. Um, that's what he calls prison. But um, boy, his his absence on this call really had an effect on Tony. She's sitting here bawling her eyes out, but. We're going to um, tell Lauren goodbye, and then we're going to move on to um, uh, George was on the line. He's our very next guest, but he dropped off, so I'm sure he'll be calling right back. But in the meantime, Lauren, we love you so much, and just keep fighting for your dad because we're fighting for you while you're fighting for your dad. And we'll keep doing what we can do. Sending you hugs, my friend. That was from Tony. Thank you, Tony. But, um, Thank you guys for everything. I mean, I don't know what either of us would do without you. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. All right. Well, Lauren, you always have a spot if you ever want to call into our show for any reason, and um, you always have a spot on our show. If there's any news you ever want to share or you ever just want to talk, you're always welcome to call us. And um, we want to thank you for for being a voice on the uh, Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show this morning. And Thank you. Can I give you my number? Can I give you my number? Yeah, of course. I'll give it to everybody. Freedom Grow, 
651-652-7891. I answer my phone 24-7, so if you're feeling blue, please call me. Thank you so much, <laughs> and I will take you up on that. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lauren. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So for our listeners, Stephanie, if they want to donate to help any of these prisoners, they can call you and go to their website as well. Definitely. Freedomgrow.org. But call me, and I'll give you direction, or I'll help. Or I'm telling you, no one ever calls me. I give out my number all the time. But (laughs) anybody that needs me could call me. And your donation um, goes straight to Common Stephanie, loads it right away, and prisoners are helped immediately. Okay, and I have, I I really want to say something while we're waiting. Are we waiting for George? Okay, yep, he just got in, but go ahead and say what you've got to say, and then we'll we'll get George on. No, No, go ahead. I I can wait till later. I'm on forever. Okay, Okay, well, we'll get you guys. Okay, so hold on. Everybody. I cannot wait to hear what Stephanie has to say. So as soon as George is dead, we're going to come back. <laughs> Stay tuned because I've been excited. All right, you guys, our next guest is George Monterano, who served 33 years yeah. in prison. I mean, we talk about Craig's five. We talk about Craig's 15. We talk about Stephanie's five. We talk about all these prison sentences. But if you add them up, some of them don't even add up to 33 years. That is eight years longer than his, one of his bestest friends, who was the former host of the show, Eugene Fisher, spent in prison. Um, Eugene got out, and then a year or two later, George got out, and they were united. And now George calls into our radio show every single show to tell us what is going on, and he's been free for about a year. So we haven't talked to him for about a month. So here is George Monterano. Hey, hey good, good morning. morning. Good morning. Good morning. You're live here. Hi, Stephanie. How Hello? are you doing? We miss you. Okay, you know, getting uh, busier, busier. Uh, oh, wow. You know, the East, the East Coast, Pennsylvania went medical marijuana, uh, you know, Florida. So the East Coast is uh, starting to develop, but they still have to develop a philosophy, which I'm going to try to help I'm, I'm, I'm I'm scheduled to speak uh, pretty soon in front of a large invest- investment group in this state. And uh, Good job. what I want to relay on today's show is, you know, we have a, we have a Republican administration, so, you know, we have to deal with it. We have to adjust our language. And I believe our language for the cannabis industry, which would have a, you know, would have effect of those incarcerated for uh, for cannabis is to, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of recreational states have done very well. They invested their money and they did well. Well, you know, good for them. But I believe, I believe uh, if this country continues on the course of cannabis, let's hope all 50 states, I believe that uh, the people that are involved in the industry should have a massive, we could start small, and then it can become a massive word of mouth that these are good people. These are good people that are making money from the cannabis industry. These are good people. And I believe you can have a massive a wave of word of mouth. It all starts with word of mouth like I did. I started from the, from the four wells and made myself known to pretty much of it. Uh, 
the four walls, I mean, to the world. But anyway, what we have to do is set in place, and that's what I'm going to speak in front of a very uh, prominent audience, uh, that, uh, you know, we should be good people as far as education for the youth and et cetera. You know, we, we have to give to the community. So I'm going to stress that fact, and I hope to deliver that fact in the next year or two. If this is industries around us, hey, we must be known as good people within the industry. And, that, and then maybe I'm wrong, but I don't believe that was established in the tobacco industry. It wasn't established in the alcohol industry. But it can be established in, in the cannabis industry because, you know, it, it's still a lot of mines in this country. It's still a gray area or worse. So we right. must establish that. And by establishing that, I believe it will affect those in prison for incarceration. And also I'm trying to meet the public administration in this state so we can actually go to Washington and to establish, you know, if you're not going to, if you're going to let these guys still languish in prison for cannabis, at least bring them to some kind of life. And that would be these, I'm trying to establish reentry facilities, where the inmate, if he has a good prison record, you know, he gets his time cut. He can be placed actually in a camp a camp facility where he can go work in a community. And if he does two, three years of that, he gets his, uh, you know, time cut. But what I want to introduce, and I don't know if I can, but I'm sure going to try, is that these lifers for cannabis, they're the people that should be the mentors and teachers at these facilities. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to run away. They're going to do the best they can, but they gives them a chance to be looked at as human beings. Gives them a chance to be looked at. That's the only reason I'm talking on this radio show. I conducted myself as an educator mentor for many, many years, and finally, finally I was looked at, and they realized I wasn't a beast. I was a better person. So, you know, we still have what I was trying to say uh, to you, uh, beautiful ladies, and whoever's listening. There's still a lot of work to be done. And it's be done by just speaking and speaking as much as you can, whether it's two people or 200 or 2,000. We must show that we are good people. We, we, we're lives that shouldn't have been thrown away. It's like, you know, it breaks my heart every time I hear Greg every week still in that setting. He doesn't belong there, but you know it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard. Uh, how could I say uh, picture to establish? It's a hard picture to establish because uh, there's been an old painting hanging. There's been an old painting hanging in Washington in the federal judicial system that you know they just don't want to make changes. No one wants to sign off to make that change to at least fifty, sixty thousand people nonviolent. First offender, drug person. No, no one, no one wants to paint a new picture. No one signature wants to be on that new picture. They always like with my situation, with many signatures for me to walk out. After thirty something years of doing everything right, not an incident report, saving many lives, but still, but still, even if you become a metamorphosis and of such a positive, like I did, such a positive light, okay, it still worked against you. Because you're dealing with philosophies that have to be changed, and they only be changed by speaking, Christian. Good people smoke pot, right? And maybe they could make a bunch of camps that grow hemp. 
that's I mean, I don't, know, that's, I don't know why. That's, that's, I don't that's know, not far-fetched. It just has to be No, of course right. not. That's not far-fetched. We have to have, now we have to have a serious, different approach, a serious, different approach. Because I can see it, with just, this is, this is a very conservative state. Very conservative state, well, Pennsylvania. You know, they, they, you can get life as a juvenile, and you're going to die in prison in the state, state statute. This Pennsylvania you know is a very serious state. They, have, they so, have a town there called Pottsville. Right, right, right. <laughs> You know what I've noticed, George. George, you know what I've noticed. I've noticed. I've 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 watched Montana get legal. I watch. Yeah, get legal medically. I watched Washington get legal medically, and California get legal medically. So up here in the area that me and Stephanie are from, we have been going through this for over a decade at least, maybe up to two. And the best people are in the movement, and it's and those people in your state are going to rise up. In your state, are you're going to have all these activists in your state that are just the greatest people in the world. And don't even worry, they're gonna they're gonna have an effect on the whole state, and it's gonna be awesome. And all these states are gonna have that effect. Then yes, I believe everything you say that our prisoners will be free, because it's, it's well, the, the thoughts are catching. Um, yeah, I'm only home a short time, 14 months. And, uh, you know, I did what I could. I, I got an old guy, a friend of mine, Joe, uh, when school started. He had some uh, he had some stores on the Italian market. You know, that Italian market where you see Rocky run down, so many Rocky movies. Well, I went around to Joe, and he was an old wee guy. And I said, Joe, you got any school supplies that we can give to uh, the four schools because there's some walking distance from my home, and he said, "Yeah." And then he took me to another store and another store. And before you know, we had all types of school supplies, and we issued out to three different schools. We uh, we made a, 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 a location where they can come to after class and uh, pick out something. So these were these were these were cannabis people from yesteryear. So what we want to do is bring that to a broader range. Much broader range. I think if we can, you know, people made an awful lot of money in Colorado. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try to do what I can setting that message. And I already started. It's not like I'm going to do it. I already started. So that's that's my personal (laughs) You know. I want to help. You know, I know you girls. You girls are helpers from from morning to evening. That's for sure. God bless you all. God bless you too. <laughs> We're helpers. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so uh you guys reach out for me anytime. All right. All right, George, we love you and um we, I, I am, I am like, I look up to you a lot because all you, you're free now. You can do whatever you want with your life, and you choose to give back and you choose to help end it for the other people, even after the tragedy you've been in there. So, like, I'm really glad that you come on our show and you're, you have influence on our listeners. It means a lot to us. Thank you. I appreciate. It. I look forward to it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We love you, George. Oh, me too. Thank you. Thank very you. Much. you too. I, I, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. So what is up, Stephanie? I've been waiting to hear what you have to say this whole time. I have a very sad subject 
for prisons. The medical is so bad. My kid, I mean, I can only talk from firsthand, but my kid got an earache like two months ago, and he's been trying to see the, the doctor only comes on Wednesdays. So he's been trying to see the doctor. He got to see a nurse. The nurse said, you have to see the doctor. So he's been trying to see the doctor. Now it's two months later. Now the doctor is on, I know. He, the doctor came on Wednesday, but they were on fog alert because the fog was too low. They were afraid somebody was going to run away, so the doctor closed his office. So he oh. so he was supposed to come back again on Wednesday, but now he's not coming this Wednesday. And so maybe he'll see him the following Wednesday. My kid can't even hear. The medical is like, that's they, as that I is, said, they're That's treating, how my dad died. That's how my dad died. Ignore that. Get yeah, my right kid there. might go deaf. Like that could right. happen. That's, he has some kind of yeah. an ear infection, and he has a really bad cold and a lung infection and whatever. He's like going through it, and he's in jail. And I am flipping out because I remember when I was in jail, there was no medical. Medical does not. Uh, there's no medical. Like, how can you lock not, prisoners, not people, up? And just not give them any medical. Because it, cause it dips into their it dips into their profits. No, I that's know all, this, all, but this is like inhuman. It's we can't it, it, be treating it, people like this. You know, I mean, it, uh, it has to come out. I'm going to call Diane Goldstein's husband is in the medical field in the prison medical field. So I'm about ready to wow. call her up and say, you know what? What is going on? But see, when you complain like that, like they told my kid, don't have your mom call here anymore. And Uh-oh. so you had to tell me you can't call a prison anymore. So like when you do things like that, it reflects on the person in there and maybe it'll get worse. Wow. It is, it's a horrible thing that's well, going on in our prisons. Well, we... um. We could, and, and that's, that's how my dad heart, died. Heart. I mean, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and that's well. Our next guest, Stephanie, is Amber Taylor, and her dad is serving life in prison for a joint. He has a brain tumor, and she has. We have been able to get um, images put out there to, to encourage phone calls to the jail. In some cases, it might hurt them, but in her father's case, it has helped him every single time. So if you want to, you know, if you wanted to, I can make a flyer for your son and say, hey, call the jail and tell him he needs his ear, ear fixed. And they would probably fix it for him, but it, they, may, they may just, you know, get mad too. It's up to you guys. But it's helped, it's helped um, Amber Taylor and her father out quite a bit, gathering, getting phone calls to the jail, asking for treatment. And also it's helped Craig Cecil as well. So, and um, we with, shouldn't have to do this. The no, you're right. To provide medical. <laughs> I mean, you can't right. lock somebody up and not, you know, you're feeding them a bunch of shit so they have to get sick anyway. But you can't lock them up and just leave them there and not. It, this right. can't happen. Well, I mean, um, I just like I'm so outraged. I'm gonna bring Amber on. Um, we're gonna get an okay, update great. from her dad and find out find out what's been going on with her dad, and she's gonna educate us a little bit about the holidays and the drug war and about families and how families are affected. Um, so um, here, live with you guys, is Amber Taylor 
with Drug Drug War 101. Good morning, Amber. You're here live with me and Stephanie Landis. How are you? Good morning, ladies. Hi, Amber. Oh, good. How are you doing? Very well. I'm out. I'm happy to to be on the waves with you. You're a new uh, co-host, and this is awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I I I have a whole a whole um thing ready to go, but I want to touch base on what the lady the lady was just talking about. Um they can and they will deny medical service. Um she said yeah. they can't and 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 it, and it seems like they shouldn't be able to, but they can. Um it, my father's a uh, neuro appointment is still over a year out and he has a brain tumor as big as a grapefruit. I mean, we mm-hmm. had to put out a national call of help for him to just get blood pressure medications. Once you have a DOC number, you are not entitled to anything but to be treated like a dog. That's it. Mm-hmm. You have no rights um to them at all. And that's that's one of the biggest <clears throat> problems that we have with the drug war is that we lock these people up and we treat them like animals and we expect them to come out and be productive citizens of society when that's just not the case. They come out with PTSD, they come out with anxiety, they come out with um, panic attacks, and we are creating monsters with our penal system. So I just wanted to put that out there because uh, she was just talking about it and, and it's very real, you know. It's real. So, I mean, if they come out, if they don't just die in prison, which no one even cares. Yeah, I mean, rest like, rest in peace, yeah, rest, rest in, in peace, peace, man. Yeah. I mean, it happens, and it's and it's happening so often, and people turn a blind eye to it. There, you have no idea how many people I talk to, and they're like, "Oh no, prisoners get treated better than our soldiers in war. Oh no, prisoners get treated better than." No, they don't. You have no idea. They don't. They do I not think, get treated better than anybody. I think that I think the feds put that rumor out there. I think the feds started that rumor somewhere along the line to, to discourage people from thinking otherwise. Right, because we're such a uh, I love my country type of people that I can totally see them putting that propaganda out there, just like marijuana propaganda. So, right. I want to um, jump right in due to us being away from the airwaves for so long. Um, the first topic of Drug War 101 with Amber Taylor is the amazing organizations that are helping prison families this holiday season. The first organization is the American Medical Refugees um, via Amy, I'm sorry if I murder your last name, Hiltebrand. So she's a lady from Oklahoma that moved to Colorado to get treatment for her son's um, epilepsy with medical marijuana, and she's just helped so many medical refugees here in Colorado. So this organization supplied Thanksgiving dinner to over 60 Colorado medical marijuana refugees. These are people that migrate from other states to get legal medical marijuana for for themselves or for their children. Yeah, it's great. Um, So they also... And I was one of those people. They gave me a bomb Thanksgiving dinner. Thank you so much. And I got some some CBD patches. So it was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they also have a toy drive going on right now for those same families. If you'd like to donate, you can message me, Amber Taylor, or Amy. 
Tilt a Burton for details. The second one, I believe y'all already had the lady on here, um, Parents for Pot Toy Drive. I've been sharing the heck out of that link. The link is on the free Thomas Landers page. It's also she's on the No Drugs or Drugs. Oh, okay. So she's yeah. coming on. Okay. <laughs> it's also yeah, on the No Drugs for Drugs. Okay. What did you say? I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. The no gel, it's also on the No Gel for Drugs uh, Landris Foundation page. And the No Gel for Drugs Landris Foundation is doing a New Year's drive on the first day of January. We're going to go out to downtown Denver and pass out um, blankets and coats and hats and scarves and, and give our homeless a good first day of the new year. So y'all can check out that page if you want to make some donations of gloves and scarves. Um, the topic number two, how does the holidays affect the kids of parents locked up? So we have an estimated 800,000 prisoners in two, 2016, 800,000 prisoners that have minor children. What does that mean? That means that 800,000 kids this year could be left without their parent on Christmas. Not one Yay. study done. Yeah, that's yeah, an amazing number. Yeah, what if they number. have three kids? Exactly, which most do. They're not. Most of them yeah. are not one parent. Um, yeah. Parents. So, I mean. So now we have 2,400,000 or something. That's crazy. So those are crazy numbers. Can you imagine crazy. that? That baby sitting there. I mean, the feelings that I had when I, when I was a kid are different than now I have as an adult with my father being locked up. He's been gone for 31 Christmases. When I was a kid, I just didn't understand, you know, what I had done to not be good enough for my dad to come home. But now that I understand the system, I mean, I'm pissed about it. <laughs> but I'll get into that in just a minute. Um, so... That means that 800,000 kids will be left without a parent on Christmas. Not one study shows that the crime rates in any state has gone down due to mass incarceration. So that means us locking all, this pe all these people up has changed nothing. But you know what? The states that have legalized marijuana have had crimes drop up to 32%. Yes, <laughs> Yes, you know. Please... Please, please, people, educate yourself so that you can educate other people because marijuana propaganda is crazy. 31 Christmases I have spent without my dad, and I can personally say that it has affected my whole outlook on life. As a young kid, I couldn't understand, but now that I'm an adult, <clears throat> I'm pissed. You know, 82% of exemplary inmates will be denied parole before Christmas due to full capacity contracts with private prisons and states. That means that these guys are doing everything they're supposed to do by the book and they're still going to get denied because those states cannot afford to pay millions of dollars in penalties for not keeping their prisons full. That's a lot of fathers that could be home for Christmas. So what can we do about this? I mean, you can't just sit and be pissed. you got to be proactive. So there are a lot of seats up for election. Your local elections are so very important. We must educate ourselves to get the right people in office that have the same visions as us, people that will focus on rehabilitation, not incarceration, education, not prison, and ending mass incarceration. As, 
as my father Thomas Landris says, you have the power inside you. Use it. To all my well, let's see, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> to all my fellow well, prisoners' kids. <laughs> to all my fellow prisoners' kids, count your memories with smiles, not tears. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Amber. You did. You oh, you're you're so good. You got yeah. Thank you. you. Those thoughts were amazing. Thank you. You got you got me and Tony sitting here like with goosebumps and tears. (laughs) It's my blood, sweat, and tears. I've been I've been doing this for 31 years now with my dad, and to be able to get it out to people is just such a blessing. I really appreciate the opportunity. I, I well, imagine it's um, liberating for you. Um, I'm sitting here with Tony. She's one of our volunteers up here in the Northwest, and she said, in many ways, is it liberating towards for you to be able to come onto the show and express your feelings? Oh, my God, it's so liberating because for years, like, I've just been screaming to a deaf ear. Nobody will hear me. Nobody will listen to me. And, and now – I have so many people hearing me. That's why I tell y'all all the time, just thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. It's such a blessing. Very wow. liberating. <laughs> <laughs> so how's your dad? How's your dad been this month? So um, this year, the prison let me send him socks, underwear, T-shirts, and two towels so I went and got him some really plush towels. So hopefully he's towel balling in there, you know. <laughs> what? Yes. Um, I've, nev- I've never been able to send him personal things in prison um, unless he was, like, at a work release or something. So th- that was a first for us. Um, his spirits are really, really high right now because of the laws that are changing in Oklahoma. So we're hoping that that will have an effect on his prison sentence. Um, I believe the law that just changed uh, makes it a misdemeanor for your second offense of marijuana, which would change his 20-year sentence to a misdemeanor. <laughs> so that that could be life-changing. Wow. But we, we just have to wait for all of the laws in place. Wow. He still well, hasn't seen a doctor. Um, he, he did come back from the hospital with chest chest pains and they had to give him nitro and and a whole bunch of other stuff, but other than that, we're we're hopeful. He's he hasn't had any um, um, citations in over a year, and he goes up for parole in 19 months. So if we can keep up the good work, hopefully he will be granted parole. Oh, oh my gosh, so much, so much. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know this is like a little off the subject, but. Do you have his like number right right in front of you, and then? Oh, I know it by I'm making, I've known it I'm since I was 12 years order. old. Okay, so uh, one grow is making out a money order for him, right now. Wow, <laughs> look okay, at that! Is, <laughs> it's one number? four six six uh-huh. eight seven. Um, Stephanie, he's in a state prison, so what you should do, oh. Amber, is send Okay, well, you can, I'll give you my phone number, and okay. then you can text me your address. I'll send okay. you the money order, and then you can do, you know how to send it. That that would be awesome. 
Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm ready. Okay, my number is 818-652-7000. Uh-huh. Okay. Number is 818 like three more money orders after this one. Just so, whatever um, Stephanie, they call in. Stephanie runs the group Freedom Grow, and she loads commissary money on prisoners. In fact, she raises it, hand raises it basically a lot, mostly by herself. There's donations and stuff, but she does a lot of it by herself. But um, one of the things that um, she's done on this show is, okay, first, she's like, okay, I'm sending all the prisoners who was denied clemency a money order. And then... Craig called in. She's like, okay, I'm sending Craig a money order. Now you call in and she's sending you a money order. So I can see. <laughs> I just think it's so sweet that she's helping people on the show. Thank you, Stephanie. That is so nice of you. And look Aww. at you connecting people. Like, just just since I've met you, there has, that's, that's one, of, one of the ways I met Amy on Facebook was through mutual friends of yours. And then I was blessed with the Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, you you you're doing so many great things for so many people. I don't I don't know if you understand the impact you're making, but you're changing lives. So, so thank you. Aw, Amber, thank Aww. you. Well, wasn't Tom a friend of Jean's? Tom Landis wasn't he in federal prison first? No, no. That, you're talking about to, Tom. Oh, he's, you're talking about Tom. Yeah. Um, Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, no, he he never made it to the feds. Every state sentence he, he's he's every state sentence that he's gotten in 31 years has been over 15 years, and not one time has he ever been offered drug treatment, mental health, or any type of rehabilitation. Disgusting. Wow. Like he has to be yes, rehabilitated. Well, All right, and don't forget text me your address and stuff. I, I will, I will. I'm gonna go um back into my job and pass my noon meds and then I will text you the address. Thank you, ladies, okay, so cool. very, very much. Have a great All right, day. You guys, Amber's on her break at work, so I'm gonna let you go, Amber. We love you. Thank you for your segment and we can't wait to hear it again. Thank you, love y'all ladies. Happy care. Love you too. Thank day. All right. Hope Nick. Bye bye. All right. Let's Listeners, it is Christmas, it's the holiday season, and it is the time for giving. And, okay, right now we've got Stephanie Land on the line who's, who raises commissary money for the, the plant prisoners. Our next guest, Anna Diaz, group that she's one of the leaders for, they raise it for their kids. Not just their kids, but other kids in the, in the cannabis community that are suffering because of prohibition. So we've got, like, literally angels all around us helping us when we're down so we're going to bring on our next guest um anna diaz and we're going to find out she's from parents for pot we're going to find out how you can help the kids this christmas season that do excuse me do not have have parents to help them because their parents are incarcerated or they're struggling in some sort of form of prohibition um so here really excited to introduce you guys to anna diaz good morning anna Hi, how are you? Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm good. You're here live oh. with me and, and Stephanie Landa. This is Stephanie Landa. She runs a nonprofit as well down in Southern California for our plant prisoners. She's co-hosting with us today. So um, that's who you're with. Good, good morning. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. Cool, cool, cool. 
Um, so let's let's get down to business. Let's talk. Um, let's let's talk about who Parents for Pot is, so our listeners know who exactly Parents for Pot is, what they do, and specifically, um, let's talk a little bit about the the, the Christmas drive. They do okay, everything. Um, we just formed actually three. We just had our three year anniversary, which, and it's our fourth holiday drive. So. Um, clearly, we started up in the winter right before the holidays, which is how we can have four holiday drives in three years. And um, we're uh, actually a, a small group at the national level who are from all over the country. We have board members in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Massachusetts, California, Oregon, and I can't think of where else right now. But anyway, we're spread out all over the country. Alaska, yes. Yes. Anyway, and we have chapters in almost every state at this point. And um, and what we strive to do is remove the stigma from parents who use cannabis for any reason, whether it be a social reason, whether they are medical patients themselves, or whether they want to provide cannabis therapeutics to their children. And um we do the big holiday drive every year, and this year we also did our first back-to-school drive, which was, I feel it was pretty successful for our first year. Um, this year for yeah, the holiday guys, drive, we're sponsored. It was successful. You guys helped my daughter out with school supplies, and so I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, we, Me and my mom and my daughter wrote you guys a letter about a week ago. I don't know if you guys got it or not, but it was so successful because it really helped us. And I know if it helped us, I know it helped other families. So on behalf of all the families you guys helped, thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. We're, we are excited to be able to help. And one of the things that we pride ourselves on is the fact that we don't have an office anywhere. We don't have a secretary. We don't have any of that kind of stuff. We're all volunteers. So all the money that we receive and all the gifts that we receive go directly to families in need. This year we're, we hope to help 38 families um, all across the United States in all different stages of, oh, how would I even put it, people who have suffered under cannabis prohibition in every way possible. So we have prisoner of war families, which I know are your focus, Um and some families we continue to help year after year, like the Scarmazos and the Montez family, both who have fathers in prison who are serving 22 years while their children are growing up without them. And they would love to be active in their children's lives, but they can't because they're in prison, as one example. Well, Luke is, help. Luke's, Luke's kid is going to have a kid before he gets out. I'm I know, you, and that like breaks my heart. Old. Oh, no, brokenhearted. Yeah, um, I and want to tell you how wonderful these... that you guys are doing. And every day I see memes that Nikki Martin makes all over the place. Everybody's reposting them. I mean, it's just like going like wildfire this year. I love it. Well, that's because we need more money than ever this year. <laughs> and so even yeah, though we're posting it. all those memes and people are sharing it, um, we're not getting the big donations that we usually have about this time of the year. So I'm hoping that the listening audience includes a lot of those big baller cannabis industry people that are looking for a good cause and that they will make donations to us. Um, you can go to our website, which is parents4pot.org, 
click on the holiday drive link and read all the stories of all the families that we're trying to help. And I think that you would have to be pretty cold hearted not to be touched by the heartbreaking stories that they have to tell. And um, at the end of each story, we have a link to an Amazon wish list that the families have created themselves. So if you can't afford to make a cash donation, maybe you can go buy a present for one of the members of these families um, and the presents go directly to them. They're shipped directly to them. So Parents for Pot doesn't even – we're merely the uh, messenger, I guess you could say. Right. We don't see that money. We don't get that money. Your gift is paid for to Amazon, and Amazon ships it directly to the family. That's and there's so still plenty nice. of time to shop before Christmas. And so some of, I and, oh. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go okay. ahead. <laughs> I, okay, just well, these star- stories so know, break my heart. I know. Mindy and about 10 other people have called me up and said, if you have any power at all, please get Farrell Scott's kids on the list. So I'm just putting that out there. He just got denied clemency. So oh, no. I don't know if you have um, We would need not, to talk about that privately. There's a reason why okay. he's not okay. included, but oh, that okay, I don't sorry. know that he wants publicly announced, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's just so many people that are pulling for him. Yeah, I know <laughs> there are. So, but I just, there's you know, a reason why he I, wasn't selected this year. That okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't. I mean, it's his personal reason, that's, so I don't really feel comfortable oh, talking okay. about it. Publicly. Okay. Well, then that's great. That's great. I just wanted yeah. to put it out there because then. But we would always. But we I included did. him last. We included him in the back to school drive. Right. And we included him last year in our holiday drive as well. So. Right. Aww. They yeah. told me that. Yeah. So, Anna, and you guys have you guys have so a chapter in Washington? I'm sorry. Do you guys have a chapter in Washington yet? Not that I'm aware of. We would love to have one. But yeah, so I want I, I I put that out there last time you guys came on my show for the holiday drive. I put it out there. If anybody in Washington wants to start a parents for pot chapter, I will be part of it. I can't run it because I'm doing a lot of foul stuff, but I would definitely want to be active in that. So anybody out there in what listening from Washington, I would really love to see parents for pot. They they help families in Washington. So if we can yes, get a chapter do. in Washington, yeah, I know I know a few of them and. I, I love you guys for that. I just—it's really nice to go into my community and speak to somebody who was affected positively by your guys's group. It, it touches my heart so much because, you know, I've been down in the deepest part of this war, and to see other people going through troubles that you guys are helping in my own community—it—it it says a lot about you guys. And I would really love to see a chapter up here. Like I said, I'll definitely be part of it and and help help with it and stuff. But we need we need somebody to stand up and be a leader for it so come on <laughs> where else um, if somebody wanted in their state or to start a chapter how would somebody start a chapter um we have a big facebook presence and that's basically how we start out each of these chapters you would need to contact our chapter coordinator which is deanna jean Ryder, and she is very active on the team leader pages and all the parents for pot pages so she's easy to find and then contact her and let her know, and then um, she presents the potential leaders to the board, and we vet them, and okay. and then things just roll from there. Um, okay. I have a question. How do you mm-hmm. donate, it, like Freedom Grow has postal money orders. 
how can I donate to Parents for Pot not through like computer things, but through an address? Because I know well, other do, people that don't do this computer stuff. Well, we <laughs> do have a mailing address, and we okay. And what is it? I believe. You know what? I didn't write it down, and I don't know it in my head. It's on our website. I have it, Stephanie. Stephanie, I have it, too. I'll text it to you at the end of the show. Okay, great. But the problem is, as is the problem with... Well, the problem is, as is the problem with many cannabis organizations, we don't have a bank account for parents for pot. So um, for people who want to send money who don't have uh, PayPal or right. a way to do it on the internet. We do have ways that we can work with you to um, to collect donations, but we need to set it up privately because it's got to go to a person on the board, and then that person has to put it in the PayPal. So it's okay, kind of a well, convoluted I'll process. I'll my number again. Do <laughs> you want my number? Because um, Freedom Grow can actually have a do pen. this, like, I- Oh, okay. okay. I'll contact well, you we'll after. Yeah, I yeah okay. we can get in touch after, because I don't. Okay. I'm not prepared for that. I'm sitting in my car actually, because oh. oh, I have okay. noisy dogs. So <laughs> I have really noisy dogs. So it's the only way I can get some privacy is <laughs> just in the oh, car. Funny. <laughs> but that anyway, funny. so the holiday drive. That's basically how that works. And we've got the website up and ready to roll on the first of December. And we actually go through the new year because a lot of times. People or our families may not get a Christmas, and after the holidays, people find that they have a a little extra left over. And so we found that by going through the new year, we're able to help families even a little bit more than we could if we just stopped right at Christmas. Yeah. And it's been very, very successful. Every year we've raised more and more money, and we're serving more and more families. So I'm real excited that this year we – are serving almost 40 we're trying to serve almost 40 families which means we'd like to raise about $40,000 and we've only got about 10. So we oh, really need wow. people to step up. Yeah. We got a long way to go so, and somehow we always do pull it off, but it's mostly so, due to Mickey have, Martin and his great California connections. We I'd like great. to see more people from Colorado from and from Oregon both step up. They're both states that have been legal long enough now that these people and need to be have... aware that the families that we are helping are families that made it possible for them to be in business. Right. Really? Exactly. And so it's time to give back. If any of our listeners are listening and you know somebody who owns a recreational store, owns a cannabis company in any of these states, Give them a link to Parents for Pot and say this is how you can give back to this community and, and, and advertise for them, please. Um, just share share their link on your Facebook page. Share it with people that you think could donate, even if they want to donate twenty dollars, fifty dollars. Can you imagine if a company donated, if forty, if twenty company, companies donated a thousand bucks to help kids? Like that would that, be that would awesome. be better, way and more than. Get, well, and the, the thing that's really cool is we do get those kind of donations. Stuff. Like the RCC, um, the River City Phoenix in Sacramento, they're donating five thousand dollars this year. Wow! Um, Good for them. Yes. 
They're, yes. They donated $3,000 on their own, and they're matching $2,000 worth of donations that we receive. So that so their $2,000 donate their $2,000 donation actually will be a $4,000 donation because they're going to match. So um, so we have people like that stepping up. Omar Figueroa, um, Tahoe Wellness. Oh, I'm trying to think of who else. Um, oh, the guys at Social High. Um, the, the guys brothers. at Social High. <laughs> the Beard Brothers just donated $500, I believe. Also, yes, Vanessa Waltz is making these really – cool necklaces that say like sweet good person and their necklaces are $25 a piece and $10 a and piece of silver. those they're, and they're, they're sterling nice. silver mm-hmm. they're beautiful yeah. and $10 yeah. worth of those of the payment that you make for those necklaces comes to parents for pot so she's donated almost $300 already just from those orders um, social high if you Donate twenty dollars or more throughout this weekend. They're giving away a T-shirt for your donation, nice. and then for a hundred dollar donation, Stunt Magazine is offering a year subscription. The Social High T-shirt would come, and also Mohawk Glass is donating a glass spoon pipe that they'll send to you for a hundred dollar donation. That's so, so we've got nice. people that are stepping up and offering incentives for your donations. We just need those donations to roll in. Okay. All right. Well, Anna, um, is there anything else you wanna you wanna mention before we uh, move on to our next guest? I just want to thank everybody out there who does actually donate and help us with these um, drives because the fact is, even the smallest donation helps someone somewhere. And if you look at, take a minute to look at those wish lists on our website at parents number four pot dot org you'll see that there's a variety of price ranges. So even if you don't have a lot of money to give, please, please take a look at those lists, read those stories, and put your money where your heart is. Aww. Aww. Come on, everybody. Aww, donate. Make a donation. It's for a good cause. Thank you so much for coming on and saying all that. That was eloquently done. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so, so much. All right. Well, everybody at Parents for Pot. I hope you guys have a good day today. And also, I just want to throw this out there. You can go to their website, too, and become a member. If you can't make a donation, be a member and and help help with the kids. But um, all right. Well, thank, thank you, Anna. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. You guys take care and have a good day. You too, thanks. Me too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Stephanie, we've got a couple of <sighs> updates I want to run through real quick. Uh, first of all, um, we were hoping that Amy Pova would come on the show, but she has been advocating out here, actually in Washington. Um, she's been on a panel, a panel speaker out here. She's been traveling all weekend, so she's unable to make it on. But she just wanted everybody to know that Can Do is not backing down. Um, because it's wrong. It's wrong that these people have been denied the clemencies. Um, and it's a, it's a, um, she says, to it, however, it's a strategy to the most effective is important. Um, the most, to be the most effective strategy is to be the most effective, and that is important, she says, so keep up the faith. Um, so, yeah, she's, um, she's a big advocate. In fact, she was out there advocating with Lauren Cecil. 
uh, for her dad and for all the other people and help organize that. So um, that's from Can Do. We just want to put her in in the mix and let everybody She's know to great. go to her. Oh, she made gosh. all those signs that you see all over the place in Washington, D.C. She made every sign oh and handed gosh. them out to everyone. Yeah. Oh. So, like, yeah, she's a busy lady. She's very, very, oh. very busy. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's really so, nice. Um, let's let's bring Mindy on. Let's just talk a little prison outreach. She's, she wants to tell Farrell's story a little bit, and... Um, I just want to mention that there are a couple prisoners that are still in the in the running for clemency. Um, this information came from Sherry Sicard, um, like John Nock and Michael Peltier, and um, they have not been denied. So uh, we got to keep fighting for the, those that have not been denied, um, because a few of them have been granted. Very few, I think, two or three of them have been granted clemency. But hopefully, one of these two guys will. Um, but uh, other than that. Um, we've also got Eddie Lepp will be getting out of his federal penitentiary on the Wednesday. 7th. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, freedom for Eddie. And my dad's business partner will be getting out on the 21st. Well, it's not actual real freedom, but it's probation type of freedom. It's not being in jail anymore. It'll be at a halfway house. But this month uh, we got two prisoners. Eddie too, yep. Yep, so – Day for them, and now let's bring on Mindy and get her update about how Farrell found out that he was not getting uh, released through clemency. Mindy, are you still there? I'm here. Are you there? Yeah, we're here. All right. <laughs> um, well, I kind of throughout the show, I wrote a list of things here I, I wanted to touch on. Um, incredible show, you two. Um, I really want to um, mention. Uh, it was great to hear Anna Diaz. Uh, she's a personal friend of mine, and it was nice to hear from somebody in Oregon, as I am now a Washington resident, um, and would also be excited about a Parents for Pot chapter. But anyway, um, I also wanted, um, well, as far as Farrell goes, uh, listening to Lauren and um, and hearing Stephanie uh, really kind of got to me when they were talking about how they found out about clemency, Denials. So um, I I ran into town to get my groceries and um, went on Facebook and and saw the news. And being that I don't have internet and I just you know catch it when I go in town, I I just assumed everybody knew. And I sent Farrell a very basic um, note saying I'm really sorry about the news and you know that my heart was with him. Now. I used to um, be on CoreLinks daily, and I would send people. I mean, I, I have about 20 different people on the list, and I would send them, you know, um, inspirational quotes and jokes and everything I could think of. Even if I had nothing, you know, to say, I'd still send them things. And I didn't even send them Happy Thanksgiving this year. And I sent Farrell this very basic, I'm sorry, and I'm with you note. And he didn't know anything. And so he sends me back a message, what are you talking about? And, you know, um, and then I find out by reading an article that he just assumed that maybe his mother had died and he called his daughter and then, you know, he found out through her apparently um, who was very distraught, you know, what was going on. And 
I, I want to um, caution everybody that uh, to not assume, you know. I mean, I, I'm always the last one, I think, to find anything out, and apparently that wasn't the case this time. And, and I just sent that, and I would have done it differently, a, a, a thousand times differently. Somebody, um, he mentioned in an article, what article was it you said? It was a really popular um Washington Post did an interview with him, and um, Amy's mentioned in it, and so is Craig Cecil. Um, I met Farrell uh, quite a bit ago, um, him and Thomas Landris, about the same time as a uh, pen pal through uh, POW420, and um, not many people even really knew either of them, and, and that's when I met Amber, and she and I made the... Thomas Landris page and um these people are my friends and um I I haven't been there for them and so what I'm ask one thing I've learned listening to the show is how important the support that we give them is even if it's I mean I I didn't you know I didn't do anything to get anybody out of prison I was just a friend and um it's vital to these to, to these they're people they're they're human beings um they're just like us they're dispensary owners and caregivers and, and, and or just people who like pot or like in Craig Cecil's case didn't even have pot um, they shouldn't be there and i'm begging anybody out there who's listening who has the ability to emotionally um or literally to make, communicate with just one pot prisoner, just one. I, I'm not able to do it like I used to. It really does mean a lot to them, and um, I, 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 um, I, I'm hoping that maybe, maybe some people out there will pick up my slack. And um, do not have internet connection. Don't beat yourself up because you, 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 you don't have the connection it's you know you i i'm i under, i accept that i can't communicate them, with them as much and, and that's and again that's what my plea to others who can maybe who haven't for whatever reason maybe try it, so maybe try it. but um if you do just please be well, aware I've been four leaks for the last couple nights in a row i'm just saying i've been on there quite a bit lately uh, I'm not trying to guilt you, Kristen. You, you're awesome. Everybody else up there prison outreach is there. <laughs> yeah, um, but be careful. You know, they are they they are the last to know. Not even if you have a bad internet connection, it doesn't mean they know something. So be gentle with with news um, and compassionate about that for sure. I I really regret that um, I handled it that way. Um, and in the spirit of that, and everything that you two have done today on the show, I am going to go out on the limb and ask you, Kristen, to consider going to bi-weekly, I mean bi-monthly, maybe pick up. <laughs> <laughs> this show has been, it's really important, and it gives me a connection by, I mean, all I have is a landline, and I've been able to hear all of this, and it's meant a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to a lot of people. Oh, so, Mindy, oh. please don't cry because. I warned Stephanie. I was like, "You're gonna cry a little bit." And she was like, "I always cry." Oh, 
cry, but when you're doing it for two hours, it is really emotional. No, I'm running out of tears. I feel like my eyes are dry <laughs> now. <laughs> They're very clean, uh, too. So, at least, you know, at least your tears will clean your eyes, right? Just right. Pop, 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 I'll think about it. I mean, it's Mindy, if I go to bi-weekly, I might as well just do weekly. That's what I feel like. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I just do want you to know how important it is. I'm really glad you're still on the air, and I'm glad to have been able to speak and, and to listen this morning. And um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your show. Okay, thank you. Happy Love holidays. You. Happy New Wait, Year. Did you stay on the show? I told this. You guys, first of all, maybe before you hang up, I just want to say, I've got Trisha screening calls, and we've got Jeff Eichen, who is in a hurry to get on. He, No, seriously, you guys, he is out in, um, out there in North Dakota fighting for, um, oh, fighting wow. for the Indians. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah, so you yeah, like, so but first I want to thank Trisha What's for screening all these calls. She's so cute. She's like, you have 16. She sounds like you, Mindy. She's like, you have 16 minutes left for two people. Hurry. Okay, okay. Jeff said hurry. <laughs> Trisha, you're doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody who called in today got to talk to my daughter, Patricia Williams. Yes. Thank you, Trisha. All right. Um, thank so, you. Okay, you guys. We're going to get right on to Jeff. And then we also got Tom Corby. He he is our final Final for today, which he sums up the whole show. His voice is so good. That's why we save the best for last. Tom Corby will be on right after Jeff. Um, thank you, Mindy. We love you, love you, love you. Call me, and um, we'll talk to you later. All righty. Bye-bye, guys. All right. All right. So, Stephanie, I don't know if you've met Jeff or not, but this is Jeff Eichen. He is shooting the documentary Lifers. Um, uh, uh, what's your name? Um Beth Curtis hooked me up with him and said, you know, you should work with Jeff. He's trying to do some good things with this documentary. So he's been working with the group up here, Val. We've, he's been going to some of the events with us, documenting some things, talking about the prisoners. I'm just trying to get the word out there. So here's Jeff Eichen with the update from the Lifers documentary. Good morning, Jeff. Patty from Standing Rock, everybody. Oh, oh you Rock. are my hero. I'm Hero on the front status. lines. I'm on the front lines. I'm up on Facebook Hill, and um, it's 20 degrees. The sun just came out. We just had everybody. All the the veterans are talking, and the veterans are going to do a stand here on Monday. Maybe even today, we're going to do a circle with 5,000 veterans. And um, wow. we were thinking about a thousand coming, and 1,500 came. And last night, I was at the community center in Cannonball, and I got a hitch to ride with the water truck dude. Um, who got me there for four hours. I got my first shower in 10 days, and we have a 36-foot bus from Port Townsend with a wood stove. I've been sleeping and stoking the fire all night long, and um, it's very intense but very lovely and um, and healing here, and I'm getting very inches closer to uh, Leonard Peltier. Nice. Good job, Jeff. Good job, Jeff. Fighting for us. All the way over there, fighting for every humanity. So beautiful. It is um, so beautiful. I wish I was there. Um, it's not a problem to get here. It only took us 28 hours or something to drive, and that's two days of 24/7 people sleeping and driving. And we need more people. 
So, you know, all you Burning Man people, all you Coachella people, all you rock and rollers, get out here. Don't cause trouble. Just come and bring food and, and warm clothes for to give out. And that's what we need. We need boots. We need gloves. We need everything. We've got almost 5,000 new people here today, you know, and they're building houses every second of every day. Wow. Wow. Isn't it? How do you, how, isn't the snow really bad, or can it come in really no, bad? No, 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 no. We had a blizzard four days ago, and it's it's dried up. It's frozen. I fell twice, and I went to the massage tent, and um, and lo and behold, um, I'm back walking. You know, and I never hurt myself too bad. But uh, there's a massage tent over by medical, and it's pretty phenomenal. Um, the, the gift of love that's here. That's pouring out. 500 nations are here since more than. Um, then had wounded knee in 1973 when the Americas um, messed with the with the natives before, and so now there's 500 nations together that have never been together before ever, and it may never happen again. And they're calling the pipeline the Black Snake, and they're saying that we can't let the Black Snake survive. Mm-hmm. And I've got helicopters over me right now. They they wiped my phone, and Apple helped me get it back, and all my stuff was left on it. Jeff. Well, Can I ask incredible. you, I know that there were several thousand uh, veterans that were heading down there, and they were meeting with the elders last night. Do we have a count of, of how many Michael Wood and uh, Mr. West have gotten down there to stand in front of, and act as shields for these um, uh, today, water protectors? To, today, today, the number went from 1,500 to 2,000 to 2,500. They think maybe 5,000, but I don't think so, but maybe. Um, I didn't see them yet, um, but it's pretty phenomenal what's, uh, what's, you know, what's happening. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. domestic terrorism, domestic oh. terrorism. So, Jeff, are you documenting everything with your cameras out there? Is the is the Pope German? Yeah, right. No, are you? Right. No, of course. <laughs> yeah, okay. But because I'm just saying, I'm just trying to say, like, because that's going to be so cool to be able to show those to our prisoners when they're free, um, what was going on over there through your camera lens. Well, I'm really, making a line really with like everybody that. here and trying to get into the prison to film Leonard Peltier, and I missed his wife, his, the main lady, by one day. She was going to the airport yesterday to go to the Leonard Peltier, Washington, D.C., uh, rally, and um, if if I align myself right, maybe Wes, will, who I met last night, maybe um, go in with me, and I'll be able to be the representative of the of the nation to fill uh, that are Peltier. Oh, cool. that would be unbelievable. So I'm doing the best I can. I'm a raw vegan. I'm, I'm eating uh, all the greens I can. I'm feeling good, and um, yeah, you know, um, one love. You know, one heart. Let's get together and feel all right, everybody. All right. Well, you know, thank you, Jeff. We've got what was that? In prohibition, everybody. Legalize it. Don't criticize it, and uh, and learn something from all of this. And and then I'm deep in here. That's it's an amazing camp, and and the food tents are amazing. The people are amazing here, and there's no anger here. Um, but uh, as we know, last Sunday or Sunday before last, um, one lady lost her arm from a from a cannon, from a corporate, from a corporate policeman. It's not national or state. There's a water cannon. No. So it's time oh that, and we hope that none of the the insurgents, the the the, 
you know, the military that's here, the the vets, you know, that they're all on the same page and no one gets out of hand. So we're we're praying <clears throat> and I'm staying safe. I got a little bit of the cold. But I love you so much, Seattle and, and uh, my home mom girls. You're doing a great job and, and I can't wait to share all my lifers stories with you more. All right, thank so you, Jeff. Great. Have a good day. Thank you. Okay, over now. Thanks, on Jeff. I'm on Facebook Hill and in Standing Rock. We're doing fine. Thank you. Love you. Be careful. Okay, love you, everybody. Standing Rock. Oh, thank you. Yes. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys, that was Jeff Eichen. While he, he, he fights for our plant prisoners like crazy, and now he's, he's fighting for humanity. Like, what a, what a nice person to step up to every to day. Right in the front line. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's wow. I'm impressed. Well, we've got just a couple more minutes left, and we have to find out what's going on in Northern California. I mean, the thing is, is that Eddie Lip was involved in California, and the war was really bad 10 years ago when, when he went to prison, or eight years ago when he went to prison. Now he's getting out, and the war is still really bad. And Tom Corby is going to tell us all about the cases going on in Northern California. And he's going to kind of give us a little bit of thoughts about the show today, which we really love his words at the end of the show. They mean a lot to us. Um, now, this is the uh, chapter coordinator for the Human Solution International, Mr. Tom Corby. Good morning, Tom. This, you're with me and Stephanie. Hi, yeah, Tom. Top of, top of the day, Christian, and welcome back. Many folks missed the yeah. show. And nice to have Stephanie co-hosting. Oh, hi, Tom. And Hi to wifey. <laughs> we look at these shows, they're all historical, and there's so much going on up here in Northern California. Uh, and you know I'm not a man of brevity. I'll try to cut to the chase. Uh, I'm going to bring up AUMA first about all these cases. When when we talk about AUMA, we know that basically we vote against it. Uh, all legalization, relegalization, are just more laws and regulations, and we're still going to jail for a plan. However, it's helping many defendants, uh, and it, there's uh, supposed to be releasing cannabis POWs. I don't understand, Stephanie, why they keep releasing uh, coke and meth uh, prisoners uh, and why coke and meth is in Schedule 2 and our medicines in Schedule 1. Uh, I always say follow the big bucks, uh, all about the money, of course. They're all making money on us. Uh, yes, pot uh, prejudice. Yes, of course. And then last week uh, I've been posting, uh, you can always go to the org slash calendar, click on, uh, you can get a full uh, synopsis uh, on each case. Uh, I'm on a kind of cut to the sure I have several uh, uh, um, hearings coming up here. Um, the AMA, although that all these uh, can, uh, cannabis cases, uh, when we talk about cultivation, possession, uh, intent to sell, all when they have to do with cannabis cases, they're all reduced to misdemeanors. Well, what's that say? That's not good enough. That's like a Taking a felony lawful misdemeanor, um, which screws you. Uh, what we need to go from there, and what you need is a, is a crux of this, and the bottom line is, uh, 
and I told uh, John Hayes the other day at the at the Pierce Hayes uh, hearing, a probable cause hearing, uh, being the owner of of, of the collective uh, always comes down. Uh, they have uh, a harder road to hoe. Uh, he was thinking about taking a, a plea deal anyway, and I told him when he went to talk to Attorney Monkelf, I said, do not take a deal unless you get a Wobbler dismissal. That means even if you have to complete a probation and pay a few fines, so what? And at the end, it must be, be dismissed, not a sponge. That's not good enough. Uh, it, and so he he uh, he told Monkelf, and Markel said, yes, in fact, let's just hope this is right, that you know that uh, a dismissal is an automatic option for anyone convicted of a crime in California if they have completed their terms of sentencing. So uh, that's pretty positive. That's true. Uh, but we we must keep on keeping on and make sure that that's, uh, we can check probably case law on that and make sure on that. Uh, if you think about it, that's huge uh, for all the years, the four and a half years I've been coming on the radio shows and posting. We always shoot for a 995 dismissal. Uh, in some cases, uh, we would we recommend actually that you take maybe take consider taking. Uh, a Wobbler, uh, misdemeanor Wobbler dismissal. Uh, think about it. Once your case is dismissed, uh, and then uh, you can actually go on and have your uh, record sealed from there. Uh, that's bottom line. Uh, so Hayes, John Hayes with Pearson Hayes, uh, he did take a deal. Uh, he's only he got the, the usual three three years uh, supervised. Uh, probation uh, and a few fines and he feels really good about his deal and uh, we wouldn't have had these deals even a year ago uh, that's a good side of AUMA uh, and uh, that if, if these cases are all treated as misdemeanors now then no one should be going to jail for a plant which is our goal and vision at the Human Solution International uh, did you all know now that uh, or 50 chapters international. Uh, don't forget to breathe. I'm looking now on my calendar, and if I didn't have my calendar, I might be big white pads. I would not be able to do this even now. It's tough. Uh, Pierce uh, is not taking any deal. Pierce, like Nick Moran, I've been saying, they're only workers on the farm. They know nothing about uh, uh the the the, 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 the uh, collective and the grow they, they were only working on the farm actually uh, Eric Pierce broke down there and John Hayes let him park there so uh, these people as far as I'm concerned Nick Moran and, and people that are just working and and uh, they should, no, should take any deal no deals the case should be dismissed and I think Delmar already starting to be dismissed. Uh, so uh, Hayes is going back uh, for a settlement conference, and he's going to recuse P.D. Marshall. Actually, he's going to fire him because he might as well be a prosecutor. And a lot of these P.D.s are. 
Uh, he's going back January 4th, uh, uh, 17, 2017, to 130 for a settlement conference. If they do not settle and his marshal does not come around as PD, then he's going to recuse him, and that will buy him more time. You can recuse three PDs, uh, and they, the court has to uh, assign you another PD, and hopefully we'll get one of our better PDs uh, up here in Butte County. Uh, Nick Moran. Uh, Nick Moran's also, he was just a worker on the farm. Uh, when we talk about AMA, it does not cover manufacturing. Uh, this is kind of sad because a lot of these cases, Tully will tell you, uh, Planet Earth, Drusen, Drusen, these cases get down uh, like Planet Earth, count seven, manufacturing. Uh, when you're talking about butane and blowing kids up, which they really make it bad, of course, uh, that makes us look like meth heads uh, with these laps and stuff. So and now we are using, we're not using butane, we're doing it uh, cold press. Uh, we're getting away from propane. If you think about it, it's very toxic. I never did like it. Uh, so uh, Nick Moran, uh, the DA, made uh, him uh, a BS deal uh, that they would drop the three misdemeanor charges, the usual misdemeanors, uh, cultivation, possession, and also psilocybin mushrooms. By the way, psilocybin mushrooms now are being treated as uh, a misdemeanor, um, which is good. Uh, if he would take a deal on manufacturing, uh, no way. First of all, he's just a worker there. Uh, totally feels really good about going on to trial. Um, he's uh, he, he's going on to uh, trial assignment conference uh, this next Friday. Uh, I got it right here on my calendar, December 9th at 8.30 a.m. That's number one court street in Oroville. Uh, local court support is always requested. Uh, come bear witness and support a defendant. Uh, yeah, Tully, when you have Joseph Tully, uh, when we have manufacturing, that's the only count that we're up against here. That's a charge. That's count three. Uh, think about it. Nick wasn't even there, didn't know anything about it. Tully's already one of those huge cases here almost three years ago up in Shasta County with Drusen Drusen and Planet Herb, which manufacturing charge seven on Planet Herb, had to go back to trial again, but he still won it. So Nick's, Nick and his mom lose this joy or somewhat relieved that they have Tully taking him on to trial. Uh, you can't get a better uh, trial attorney than Joseph Tully. So good. He was there the other day, always thankful for court support and advocating with our defendants is what we do. So Nick Moran's going uh, on to TAC and then trial. When we say jury trial, uh, 8.30 a.m. on December 12th, uh, that's on Monday, uh, what's that say? First of all, you generally have jury instructions. Court support is not important. Really, a few people there. And then you have jury selection. Isn't that right? And when you have jury selection, you might as well not go. You can't even get in. There's 100 people, but the, the attorney and the defendant are there, and they're going to choose the jury and pick a jury with the GA. 
this is where jury, jury nullification uh, uh, comes into play. Uh, think about it. If you are on jury duty and you get a case like this and you want to help a defendant, best thing you can do is you don't have to say everything. You can, When the DA is questioning you, yes, you can be impartial. And once you're picked, you're right, your obligation, you can't be held responsible. You can nullify the case and save all the juries time and taxpayers' money. Jury nullification is uh, always want to educate and get it out there. Uh, I'll detail the date of jury's picked, then you have to be very careful. You cannot be handing out black cards, uh, talking to juries, uh, witnesses. You have to be very careful. Uh, code of conduct comes in here and uh, always stress to well, we best you go in the trial with jurors there. Um, so, uh, Nick's gone on to trial. Uh, I doubt, I had told him, I doubt whether uh, he's going to trial on the 12th. Uh, it'll probably continue on until they pick it. And maybe they will start picking the jurors uh, Monday, uh, next Monday. Uh, and that'll take at least two or three days. Uh, so uh, we always tell defendants to no deals, always take them on to trial, always uh, 995 motions, and uh, always challenge the warrant on probable cause. Uh, Benno, James Benno and his two boys, oh, my God, here we got Tully again. What's he doing? Tully's throwing. Last time we went for Benno up there, he's throwing all these motions at him. That's what you do, throw everything at him. They don't like to have to work. And he's backing them down wherever he goes. When he comes in, they stand to attention. When Tully comes in there, he's changing the way uh, these courtrooms, uh, the injustices that go on inside these courtrooms in the dog and pony shows. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., uh, 1655 West Street, Reading. Uh, that's the annex above the courthouse up on West Street there. Uh, going to throw several motions, and one of the motions is going to be evidence to exclude the gun magazine. Uh, they already got rid of the guns. Now they <laughs> they got discharged. There's, there's a gun magazine there, even if there's not a gun there. Think about it. So, uh, comfort James tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to be able to make it up there. It's a, it's a long two-hour trek, and, uh, but we're going to try uh when we come for Ben, we also come for his, his two nice boys. And uh, I've been here tomorrow. And then Wednesday, we not only have Eddie left, we're going to try to get down uh, Dr. Allen. I might take Dr. Allen up in Sacramento and go down for Eddie. And we're making that welcome home sign. Uh, oh, my God, I'm so jealous. I want to be there with you guys to welcome Eddie home. Well, okay. I well, know. <laughs> Well, that that's that, uh, and then Heidi Gross, uh, Heidi uh, said that that probably uh, get about an hour with Eddie, uh, moving him along and stuff, and then uh, and, and and Stephanie will tell you he's only halfway there. Uh, thank God he's at least out of prison, but he's still got. No, he's on seventy-two go. hour lockdown now. Oh, that's that's right. When he gets and, out. Oh. 
I got an email from him last night. They're shutting his. They, they, he he hasn't been. They, yeah, I got an email from him last night. They should have probably shut it down like last night. He won't have any more email between now and then. Right, right but he has so, a new so cell phone number. I got from him, <laughs> last message I got from him, he said he will um, he will call me when he gets to the halfway house. So, if, Tom, if you take any pictures, please tag me in them. I got to see this. Me too. Uh, which yes. could be, and uh, and that's at uh, three fourteen p.m. Uh, Wednesday afternoon at uh, San Francisco Airport uh, on Highway One Hundred and One. Uh, right. Also the same, also the same day right here. Why that I might I'm I caught court Gordon and and uh, coming through Michelle here. Uh, I mentioned her uh, on the last uh, I think the last show before we lost the show. Uh, she's up for tampering. Um, if you know, remember about the Feaster case, uh, Feaster's the one that shot the unarmed drunk coming out of the car. He was found guilty. Uh, and then he went for a retrial. I came in the other day for Pierce and Hayes, and here he is, and the cameras and everything. Here's, here's uh, Feaster, Officer Feaster, trying to get another trial. Thank Judge Riley for turning him down, and he's going to go on to sentencing. Uh, 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 next month, and uh, he's up for five years. Let's just hope he gets some jail time. Uh, she, she, uh, a lot of us protested uh, Feaster uh, up in Paradise. Uh, it was a big thing on TV and everything here a uh, year or so ago. Uh, Michelle O'Hare probably knew too much. Uh, Mike Ramsey's got charging her with tampering. Uh, it's her First Amendment right to protest, and so she's going to her fifth hearing uh, the same day as Eddie at 1.30 p.m. right here at number one Court Street, Oroville. Uh, whether I go for down for Eddie, which I really want to, or go for, I'll, I'll be going, uh, I wish I could do both. It can only be <laughs> one place at a time. All right, okay. all right. Well, we only got nine minutes past. I said we're about nine minutes past. Right, listen, I, I'm winding down, and I want to thank everybody today. Uh, come uh, help me the solution to end prohibition. No one should be going to jail for a plant. Uh, hmm. Thank you, everybody, and uh, we'll see you all next week from the NorCal Report. Uh, and as my wife Donna would say, don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. Aww. Thank you, Bye, Tom. <laughs> thank you, Donna, for the good advice. <laughs> Uh, I believe so we everybody's have done on the- like telling you, Kristen, next week. See you next week. Next week. Well, bye week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't know. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, Stephanie, is there um, anything you we forgot to mention during the show that you would like to mention? No, I'm really good. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to be here. I'm like. Wow, nobody's ever asked me to do this before. But I am just happy you said yes. I am just honored to be able to be on the show with you and be able to get the voices the voices heard. I think I love your voice. It's so powerful and I'm sure our listeners loved it as well. Oh, thank you. Anytime. Ask me anytime. Okay, okay so. cool, cool, cool. I'd love to have you next next time if you'd say yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm definitely Definitely, yes. Okay. Yay. But it's not going to be next week, right? 
No, it's going to be the first Sunday of every month, at least for now, oh, so okay. we can get more help. <laughs> okay, well, need that about sounds five. great. I'm, I'm definitely down. It'll be a new year. We're going to be winning, 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 winning. And yep. Uh, yep. Tom was right. People are getting dismissed. People are getting uh, down to misdemeanors. People that are going to court right now are really lucky because yeah, that is happening. That. As much as yes. I didn't like AMA, it still is happening down here, like dismissals, dismissals, dismissals. Nice. So, nice. you know. Some good news. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm going to go into the rest, the closing. Um, first, I want to tell okay. everybody, listen to what Tom says. And if you're a juror, remember you have the power to say not guilty if you're ever called a jury duty. You can refuse to convict, and that person will not go to jail, not just for cannabis, for any nonviolent crime. Another way um, we can end prohibition besides jury nullification is to immediately stop snitching. It is not be tolerated if the government didn't have each other to get information from us. If we did not give it to them, they would not have cases, and prohibition would disintegrate immediately. So just by refusing to convict and refusing to snitch, we'll handle pretty much throw prohibition in the trash and in the war immediately. So education is key. Know your jury rights. Um, so we're gonna, I'm not going to go real deep because I know we're about 15 minutes past the hour, and the show usually ends at 11. And we have a song to play after, after I do the rest in pieces. So I'm just going to briefly um, reflect on some of the people that have basically lost their lives right in the middle of this war by, one, either using the plant to cure their illnesses, not having the plant, um, by defending the plant, by just having the plant in their possession has led people to trauma death. And one of them is uh, Mr. Eugene Fisher, who is a very close friend of mine and a very close friend of Stephanie Landis. Um, In fact, he's not just a close friend of ours, but he is a close friend to our whole entire world, especially our plant prisoners. Um, Eugene spent 25 years of his life sentence in cannabis, uh, for cannabis in prison. He brought it to our country during a time when, you know, we couldn't have it ourselves. Otherwise, we would risk getting shot down like, uh, like Gary Shepard, who I'll talk about him in a second. But Eugene imported it from other countries, and he shipped it. He owned a shipping company, and he shipped it into the U.S. so that we had our cannabis. He risked his whole life and got sentenced to life in prison after he got caught. Him and his couple of his business partners. In fact, Randy Lanier, one of his business partners, you'll hear him on our show uh, once in a while. But anyhow, Eugene got a liver disease while he was in prison. And later, after he got out of prison, fought and fought. He was, a, he was an executive board member for the Human Solution. He was a board member, not just an executive one, but he was also a board member on a regular board for them. He was also a founder of VAL. He was a huge advocate for Stephanie's program, uh, Freedom Grow, and he fought for all the prisoners that he left behind. And he later passed away because of the illness that he got while he was in prison. He was also the other host of this show. So um, you can listen to Eugene's words by Googling past shows of ours, and you can hear how what a great man this was. So rest in peace to our good friend and our hero, Eugene Fisher. Also rest in peace to my father, Richard Floor, who – drives me to do this show every single time because the way they treated my dad is not acceptable. And he died because of it. And there's so many other people in prison that can die at any second the same way my dad did. And that torments my brain because these parents who are in jail for cannabis are good parents. And our children are missing out on them. So please, 
Um, think about my dad today. Said, rest in peace, dad, because nobody should have to die in prison, shackled to a bed, tormented to death because of a plant. Also, rest in peace to Gene Hadlin, who, oh, man, he went to prison for the plant, and they denied him his medicines, and he got out and passed away on Thanksgiving Day. Nobody should have to die because of being mistreated in prison for cannabis. Also, rest in peace to Gary Shepard and Mary Jane Jones. Well, Gary Shepard was protecting his plants when the federal government came and shot him over 20 times while he stood next to his partner, Mary Jane Jones, as she held baby Jake in her arms. They both fell to the ground, bled. Gary died immediately. Mary Jane Jones, she was shot in the head, and she survived over another 20 years, but just recently passed away. You know, their niece is Stacey Tice. We all know her happy cannabis and how she drives it around, tries to end the war across the whole nation. Also, rest in peace to Jack Hare, who taught us about the plant. I'm going to urge everybody right now to go get the book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes. Read it from front to back. Take pictures of it. Post pictures on Facebook. Educate people. It will teach you all about the conspiracy, everything about the plant, that the government, why the government keeps it illegal, and what the plant can do for our world. Also, rest in peace to Peter McWilliams, who is a civil rights advocate for all kinds of different um, different reasons, but one is for cannabis, and he died on probation. He couldn't use the medicine for his nausea, and we hear that he had choked over his vomit. And uh, Anyway, he left us some inspirational books that we can read. I urge you to pick those up and read them. Also, rest in peace to Bill Lamorte, who is a prisoner that not a lot of people know because he was locked away for over 20 years for cannabis. He was a very close friend of Eugene Fisher, and he died right on 4th of July in the prison yard serving his life sentence. He grabbed his chest and fell to the floor and, di- and fell to the ground and died. Rest in peace, Bill and Morte, because he will never be forgotten on this show or in any of our, in our lives. Also to Larry Harvey, one of the Kettle Falls Five family members who fought and fought and fought for our plant, even went to D.C. and fought for the plant and our rights and passed away right in the middle while his whole family was being sentenced and and put put through the misery of prohibition. Also, rest in peace to Dee Young for giving us Adam and for all all of her sacrifices that she made. And um, because prohibition is not keep all of it legal here, and so when it does, <clears throat> more people don't have to die for not having access to it. Also, rest in peace to Curtis Cecil, who is Craig Cecil's son. Craig called in earlier today from prison. He passed away while Craig was in prison and. Craig wasn't even allowed to get out to go to his son's funeral. Also, rest in peace to two children of this of this uh, war, Spencer Coptis and Cashy Hyde, who are both using the plant to kill their brain tumors. Well, when their caregivers got raided, their parents didn't have as much access to the plant as they needed, and the two children passed away. Um, so rest in peace to them. Also to Bernardo Fuma Martinez. <laughs> He was a huge advocate for our plant prisoners. He wanted to get people around the whole world to see videos that he was he was trying to make in order to end prohibition around the world. Also to Elaine Salmons, an ONAC tribal member who was using the plant. They were sending it in the mail, and the post office, the tribe was sending it to her, and the post office intercepted it. She didn't get her medicine, and all of her illnesses grew and grew until she passed away. Also, rest in peace to Oscar. He's Eugene and George's friend. Um, they say that he went to FCI in the sky. And also, please help us end prohibition so that all these people I just mentioned can rest in peace because in my heart, they are out there on the other side 
helping us get to the, the place we need to be in this world. And I don't feel like they can rest in peace until we are okay here. So please help us in prohibition so our prisoners can go home and our loved ones can rest in peace. Thank you so much. Stephanie, are you still there? I see you there. I, I love am. you. I'm still here crying. <laughs> I know it's a lot. Hot. Um, Yes, so this song we're going to play I'm only going to play one, usually I play a couple My voice is getting dry Talking so much But this is from Real One We all know who Real One is He was on our show a couple weeks ago or About a month ago or so You can listen to his interview By Googling past shows Um, But this song is called It's Just a Plant And we found out why he calls it Just a Plant And what song, but he just recently, in fact, yesterday, put out a video to match the song. So check that out. It's on my Facebook wall. It's a cool song. It's, it's from Real One. It's just a plant. And thank you for listening to that radio, and especially thank you to the listeners, and of course you, Stephanie Landa. And I hope everyone has a good day. And thank you, Christian. Aw, you're welcome, Stephanie. Cause herb is superb Don't run from the tears Spread the word Ask Rick Simpson He got the answer Find out how he cured cancer Look it up on YouTube Show a friend or two It might be worth a shot To save a life or two It's amazing What a little hit boy can do Especially when it kills What a lot my mom do It's illegal It saves people We don't get another chance No sequel For my friends And I'm fighting against this medicine And putting people like that with this marijuana movement to get the word out, to get the facts proven. Live strong, live strong, live long. Kick back, take a hit from the pound. Just to play it up No clothes, you gotta read it. I smoke so much, THC, I bleed it. Take up without Mary Jane, damn, I need it. I love to watch it grow with the formula I feed it. Eating edibles, packing bongos, cutting up grass like Honda lawn mowers. It's a plant, a usable herb. We need to go green as what the herb deserves. If we grow hemp, we can help save trees. If we grow hemp, we can save economies. If we grow hemp, we provide what we need. We need to grow hemp for Search on hip history, 1942, hip history. Just read back here's book, page for page. The information to get you being made. Make people freak out freak If it's out. the marijuana They for sure flip out Never out of the world Drive off a cliff Become a sex-free zombie Smoking a spliff
what it's so fun You must propaganda Do your research, see what you can gather Cannabis, hemp, marijuana, weed It's made of pink earth In our world's history Medicine, vapor, real fibers I'm just about smoking and getting higher It's a fire And nerve we can use I'm just relating facts, spreading news The emperor wears no clothes, please read it Don't run from the cure, better believe it I'm mad.